Alright, it's great to be back in the saddle again. Welcome to episode 120 of the Three Point Podcast and episode 8 of the COVID-19 quarantine. Our trio includes middleman Matt Burns of ESPN and the SEC Network in Charlotte, North Carolina. The senior elder statesman Ted Fattel, a.k.a. George Mikan, as I like to call him, of Sportsnet Michigan and WJSC Radio. And myself, the young fellow, recent graduate of Grand Valley State University and Fox 17 TV in Grand Rapids, Michigan, Jared Fattel. Our partners include Advanced Elevator, the Corona Connection, Card Service Michiana, Rivals Tap House and Grill, Shared and Auctions Service, Promac Engineering, along with our great online syndication teammate, Sports Radio Detroit. Never miss an episode by subscribing on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, or any other form of the big podcast hosting sites. Shoot us your comments and questions on social media at 3PointPod. And on today's show, we're going to do a little bit of catch-up in quarantine. I know Ted's been in D.C. Uh, for Memorial Day weekend, and Matt's been on the beach, it seems like, every other day, enjoying the sun in North Carolina. As for me, I haven't really been doing much. You'll hear more about that. But we're also going to talk about the match uh, with Phil Mickelson and Tiger Woods, obviously. And we're also going to give our final thoughts on the last dance documentary all that and more coming up next on the three-point podcast stay tuned Eighty-five, ninety, ninety-five, a hundred. Looking for items to buy or sell? Look no further than SheridanAuctionService.com. We will solve your problem. Bring Sheridan Realty and auction your items, and we will market them all over the country and get them sold. If you are looking to buy items, we can help with that too. Call today, nine eight nine seven two zero sell. It's fast, easy, and we get results. SheridanAuctionService.com. Buy or sell, we'll get it done for you. Call nine eight nine seven two zero sell. You'll do better with Sheridan. Rivals Tap House and Grill is the area's go-to spot for the best in food and drink. Meet up with your friends and catch your favorite sporting events on over 20 high-def flat-screen TVs. And our 120-inch projection screen. Rivals can handle your large or small parties and is an awesome spot to put on your fundraising events. Weekly food and drink specials including gourmet burgers, wings, pizza, homemade soup, and salads. Rivals also stocks a large selection of craft and domestic brews. Rivals Tap House and Grill, the official gathering spot of Three Point Podcast, located on the corner of Shiawassee and M21 in Corona. Alright, I'm running the show today, guys, uh, but you know how it normally goes. Kind of sadly, I have nothing really going on, uh, but you guys, I see like every other snap, Matt's like on the beach, like drinking beers, and then you, you hear about Ted, like he's in <laughs> D.C. Basically, I'm st- I've been stuck in what I like to call my bat cave, which is my basement, with a PS4 controller in one hand and a bag of Doritos in the other. So maybe we can hear a little bit more about what you guys have been doing because I haven't been doing anything. So what you're saying well, is this, this this quarantine diet's not going well is what I hear. Uh, well, I was going to restart it today, but then I woke up this morning and it's like, it's a holiday. Like it's a, it's a national cookout day pretty much. So it'll start tomorrow <laughs> uh, or maybe next Monday. I don't know. We'll, we'll play it by ear. Plan as, as of now is to start tomorrow. The problem is I always say tomorrow, and for some reason I never quite get it done, if you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> How long, was there like, did you used to like really, have you ever like dieted or anything like that? Was there ever anything along those lines? No, yeah, I have. I mean, there have been periodic times when I've been able to shed, you know, 15, 20, maybe maximum, and then it just becomes too much, you know, and I fall into old habits, and then before you know it, it's back, <laughs> you know? <laughs> It's always that age-old thing that, like, it's so much easier to put on the weight than to lose it. Like, yeah. if you slip for a week or two 
next thing you know, you're completely out of shape and then you got to catch up. So it is yeah. tough, but it has, it has been fun. I don't, uh, everywhere has been getting so much rain. And then obviously, you know, the flooding that happened in Michigan, that, mm-hmm. that was, un- that was unfortunate, but we've been getting, we had a long stretch of super good weather down here in the Carolinas, but this past week we got a ton of rain too i think like six or seven inches or something so man that i mean you're landscaping jared so that makes it tough but the the rain it like if you can't go outside during this quarantine situation and stay at home or whatever's going on it's almost like makes it a little depressing to just look outside and it's just raining (laughs) yeah and and meanwhile you got ted who's looking at the like basically the washington like monument or wherever the heck you are like right outside your front window right Oh, without a doubt, yeah. I'm in Arlington, Virginia. We came out to visit uh, Amy and uh, our granddaughter, number one. I have some more news I'll pass on in just a moment. But, yeah, I'm sitting here on the 10th floor of their apartment building, and, you know, we have a full view of the Washington Monument, the Lincoln Memorial. You can see the Capitol in the background. And then right down to our right, you see the uh, the Iwo Jima Monument, you know, honoring the Marines. I think I posted a picture of it I took yesterday on Twitter today, and, and you know, you think about it, here we are, it's Memorial Day, at the actual Memorial Day we're recording here on Monday, and I'm in the Washington, D.C. area, and it's it's kind of eerie. I mean, there's hardly any traffic. Uh, the foot traffic, we just got back from a little tour of downtown D.C., hardly any people out and about, and, you know, normally on a Memorial Day, the streets would be packed, mm-hmm. you know, They'd have fireworks tonight. The streets would be packed, and uh, it's just definitely different. Now, I will say this as compared to Michigan. You know, we'll talk about it maybe later on, uh, especially in our town, Jared. I mean, let's face it. we got a bunch of rednecks that live in our town, and this whole, this whole stay away from the mass thing, I don't quite understand it. But out here, I will say this. The people are very respectful. Pretty much everybody is wearing masks when they're around any other people, and... Uh, I'm amazed at how polite people are, too, when you're walking down the sidewalk. They'll walk away to make sure that you're, you know, six or eight feet away. It's just a whole different feel out here on the East Coast as it is compared to Michigan. I don't know if it's, like, it's just different people, I guess. But I think it's, they see, like, when you're in D.C., you stick out like a sore thumb. Like, they can see, like, oh, this guy. Like, he comes from, you know, some backwoods area. So when you're saying they're being polite, like, dodging you, making room for you on the sidewalk, I don't know if that's being polite or if that's them trying to protect themselves. Whereas you go to Owasso and you're just another guy. Maybe they saw you guys roll up with your Michigan license plate, and they're like, okay, anyone that comes from there, stay away. (laughs) Yeah, maybe my Tiger baseball cap gave it away. Yeah, I I was going to ask you, Ted, because like you said, you're there, like right there in D.C. I was going to ask, you know, here on Memorial Day how busy it was, but you kind of laid it out right there. So you'd say it's not as busy probably as a a normal, if you want to say a normal Memorial Day. Oh, it's it's completely not. I mean, it's not even not even close to being busy as a normal Monday, uh, you know, afternoon. I mean, it's just it's really weird because we're we're sitting here high above kind of a, a highway area. And the traffic is just, you know, it's non-existent. I mean, there's oh, two or three cars going by every once in a while, but normally it'd be kind of bumper to bumper. So it's very strange. But that sounds kind of, isn't it kind of awesome? Like, I feel like it's something different. Like, when everyone's complaining about, oh, there's not going to be fans in the stands or this. Like, obviously, I probably would rather have fans in the stands. But, like, give me one year with no fans in the stands or whatever, like some sort of different thing. Like, I'm kind of for it. Like, just cr- switch it up every once in a while. 
Well, yeah, I'm all for no traffic. I can tell you that much. <laughs> it was kind of nice coming out here on uh, the turnpikes, you know, and they have their rest areas where you can go in and there's restaurants and you fill up with gas. I'll tell you, there was hardly any any cars parked at these places. The gas stations were open, but when you went inside, you know, the food places, there may have been one open in each rest area that we that we did stop at. So it was, like I said, guys, it's, it's just been kind of surreal. It's, uh, you know, the, the very first holiday that we've had, in this COVID-19 thing and just, you can see a major difference between what it normally is. I like, I like you said, you use the word eerie and that's kind of like the, the feeling, whether you go to a grocery store, you know, hopefully with a mask on or, you know, you're just walking around town or doing whatever, or like Jared, you mentioned going to the beach. Uh, I went to the beach a couple weekends ago or well last weekend and it was it's like an eerie feeling I mean there was there was a lot of people on the beach but you know unless you were kind of staying with like your group but then you know usually you go to the beach you kind of you might mingle with some people or if you know there's a group next to you you might talk to them or something and there's just that like weird vibe of like you don't want to like infringe on anyone's like personal bubble or you know Mm -hmm. like you're walking around with your masks on. You can't smile at each other. You know, you might do a little wave, but it, it's definitely a weird feeling. And, you know, I know some people are a little more free with their, the, the travel or like what they're doing right now. And that's fine. You know, I don't want to say anything about that, but like there's, it's just a weird feeling, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Like even trying to like live a normal life right now just feels very strange. The CoronaConnection.com knows it's great to be gold. Keep up to date on Cavalier Nation at CoronaConnection.com and keep an eye out for everything they've been doing for the 2020 senior class. It's been awesome. And also, Advanced Elevator Company features top field expert technicians for installation, troubleshooting, and repair of elevators. An area business leader and long type huge supporter of the Corona Public Schools and a proud partner of the Three Point Podcast. Yeah, it, it, it's very strange. And speaking of a little bit strange, Michael Jordan, The Last Dance. Before we uh, give our final thoughts on that documentary, which just wrapped up last Sunday, Matt, I have to ask, because it's like every time we do one of those instant reaction videos, and Ted, I don't know if you've noticed this too, it's almost like you're straight, like it's, you're rubbing it in our face. You're like straight off of like the, the squat rack or something. It looks like you just did like a workout. Like what's going on with that? <laughs> I did actually when we, <laughs> that's funny. When, when I recorded that one, I was just about uh, to do a workout. So I, I was about, I was like, man, I should change or something. But at the same time, I was like, whatever, I don't care. Also, like, I haven't gotten a haircut yet. Um, we don't have yep, Carl Menke. Yep. Is, Carl Menke isn't down here in Charlotte, so not able to go get a haircut. So my hair is pretty wild. So that's I'm not going to, like, just let it be all crazy mm-hmm. and stuff in these instant reaction videos. But that's funny you say that. I had a couple buddies say the same thing to me. So if you haven't uh, seen those instant reaction videos, we do that to a lot of different stuff, uh, obviously including the last dance and a lot. And usually it's after like a Michigan loss, it seems like when we usually do those instant reactions. But the reason I wanted to lay out the last dance is because we haven't had our cha- our like formal sit down, like kind of overall review of the last dance. And I just kind of and it's and it's been a lot of love for this documentary, but kind of like what Matt said in his video where there hasn't been much hate toward it. I want to start there. Like, is there some things that we wish kind of were in there that wasn't because i know for me personally i wish that i would have gotten like you know if you remember the 30 for 30 about the nc state team like throughout that entire doc they they were all the whole team the coaches like they were all in this room 
like at this restaurant, all sitting around a table, like talking amongst each other. I don't know if that would have been possible with this like Bulls team because it kind of seemed like they all literally hated Michael Jordan a little bit, and they probably do even more so after the documentary aired. But like, I would have loved to have seen that, and I also didn't like how it ended, where it cut off right after the '98 season. I wanted to kind of hear what Jordan's thoughts were about not being like the best player anymore. Like that's kind of interesting, is it not? Like hearing about the Wizards, where this guy who was quote like so dominant, all you hear about during this documentary is he like could not be stopped, but yet he was stopped like two years later after he claimed like they would have won a title in like the '99 season. Like I don't know, I would have loved to have heard that. It, it would have been interesting because obviously it was titled The Last Dance because of that 98 season. But like, like kind of like you said, like it, they almost completely leave out that he finishes. He, it's not like he just played for half a season, like when Magic Johnson came back with the Lakers for that like 20 game stretch that one season. Mm-hmm. Jordan played three seasons with the <laughs> Wizards, like three full seasons. That's pretty significant. And yeah, I mean, he was still Michael Jordan, but not like the Jordan that they were showing throughout this whole documentary. So that's one of my criticisms. Yeah. Not even a mention that he came back and played three, three years with a completely different team. And I mean, I said it in the instant reaction video, like, I think we all agree. Most people agree, like the actual documentary, the production, everything, it was, it was so great. It was Mm -hmm. super well done. The, you know, the graphics, the, the effects. And, you know, some people didn't like the timeline jumping around I, like Jared, I don't think you did, but you know, overall the documentary was awesome. I just had some criticisms with it turning out to be like, just trying to over validate Jordan's greatness. I going into it, like whatever, two months ago, three months ago, when we knew it was coming, I thought it was going to mostly just be about that last season, the mm-hmm. bulls. And it just turned into completely like, let's make sure everyone knows Michael Jordan is the goat. Yeah. And I agree with, what both you guys are saying about the, the Wizards segment, they definitely should have had something about it. They talked about everything up to that 97-98 season, but then it, it just ended. So, you know, it would have been interesting to hear that take on it. And also, what would have been really good, and I understand why they didn't do it, because let's face it, this was a Michael Jordan production. I mean, he had full say on everything. It was going to be slanted 100% to what he wanted out there, but how awesome would it have been to get included in that documentary? A lot of the reactions we got from players and and others that were around that era that we got on Twitter and whatnot afterwards, that would have been even more incredible. Mm -hmm. Like what was weird is like the iPad, like that's like, like I said, like the round table, I would have loved to have had that, like maybe have these guys talk like Pippen and Jordan in the same room. Would that have been so hard? Uh, but apparently, like, Jordan wouldn't even let him, like, record in his own house, so that probably was, like, a whole headache and a half for, like, the, the director. But, like, it wasn't it kind of funny how, Ted, you always talk about, like, oh, this generation, like, all their, their faces are in their phones all the time, but yet here's right. Michael Jordan, like, with the iPad in his face, like, every other minute. <laughs> yeah, a little irony there, for sure. That, and that was part of my problem, too. Like, they would, they, and I, I said it in the video, that the instant reaction video, but they would give these guys, whether it was, Horace Grant, Tony Kukoc, Gary Payton, you know, they, whoever it was, they would give these guys like their quick little like couple minutes to give their side. Gary Payton saying that him him turning on uh, to guard Michael Jordan in those NBA finals did actually like affect those NBA finals. They give these guys these quick little their moment to shine, but then they show MJ the interview on the iPad. He starts laughing and, you know, has these moments that just blow up Twitter and then everyone loves it. And then, like, Gary Payton looks like the idiot because Michael Jordan's laughing at it. And it's like, no, yeah. if you actually go back and look at the stats and remember those finals, 
Gary, he was right. <laughs> Gary Payton it, did have an effect on those finals, it, but because they show Michael Jordan laughing, that's the lasting image. We didn't talk about it enough. You know who's an idiot? George Carl. Imagine having the guy nicknamed the Glove, a sh- like basically a point guard, like same basically build as like Michael Jordan. The guy's name's the Glove. He's the Defensive Player of the Year, and just saying, you know, what? we're not going to put you on Jordan. Like we're going to put Delph Shrimp on Jordan. Like that just seems right. like a classic like oversight. Like how do you not just put him on him? Yeah. Oh, that's ter- that's terrible coaching. I mean, that's just ridiculous. I mean, that stood out like a sore thumb without a doubt. Uh, it's so- kind of like it's kind of like imagine if. You know, like the Raptors didn't put Kawhi on Kevin Durant or, or LeBron yeah. or something like that. Like, it just wouldn't happen. <laughs> the, Spur, the Spurs, they don't put Kawhi on them. They put uh, Tiago Splitter. Like, it just really doesn't. Right. It just no no right. sense. But there was a lot more positive to this doc than, like, negatives. And I think that's what everyone would agree. My favorite personal, like, favorite, one favorite scene was one, anytime Michael Jordan was on the golf course. I mean, his outfits, like, just the way he acted, the cigar in his mouth was awesome. As a golfer, I love those. And the and I believe it was episode nine, where it was right after Dennis Rodman had just, like, skipped practice for a day and then came back and, like, was the media, like, just needed to get an interview with him. And he just takes off sprinting from the locker room. Like, there's this whole scene where they're lining out, like, how they're going to sneak him out. And he goes out the back way, and the journalists see him. They all take off booking it after him. Like, I just thought that was also great. Like, oh, these guys who weigh, like, 280 pounds are, like, my size are going to gun down this world-class athlete, Dennis Rodman, like, in a, in a foot chase. Like, I just thought that was hilarious. It did. It did make me think back to like my days of being a photog at, yeah. at Fox oh, Seventeen yeah. or Jared. I don't know if if you thought about this. You've covered games at the Big House or mm-hmm. Spartan Stadium or whatever. And there's been times that you do have to kind of like do stuff like that, yeah. like chase someone. And when I was watching that, I was like, I I don't like to your point. I don't even know if I would try to chase him. I'd be like, I'm not catching him. <laughs> I'll I'll shoot from down here. Yeah. And then all right, see you later. <laughs> It's, it's it is that is kind of what it's like like I, that's why I hated how Michigan State did things because it was always a free for all and trying to get an interview like it's not even like like it's funny comparing Brian Lewerke to Michael Jordan like that's complete apples to oranges but it almost was like that where you had to be the first one there or you weren't going to get a shot of him like be able yeah. to talk to him so it's a lot like that and then another po- a thing I loved the dream team scrimmage footage where Magic Johnson was basically just put in a complete box by Michael Jordan yeah yeah, and I guess that, I mean, that just goes with my criticism is, like, I don't know, like, the Magic Johnson stuff with the Dream Team or, you know, we, we talked about the, the Bad Boys, it, like, we laughed at it. It was the Bad Boys episode, but really it was only, like, 10, 15 <laughs> minutes. Yeah. But, um, you know, they, they kind of just barely talked about the Bad Boys. I know it was mostly about the Bulls, but it seems like they would have done a little more with that. But then, like, the one big thing, like, Tony Kukoc, if I'm him after watching this last dance, I'm like, what the hell, man? Because yeah. – you know, they, they basically make fun of him and, you know, they, they did torch him in the Olympics. So that, that's fine. But then like, that's kind of just how they left it. They didn't talk about how, I'm not saying he was, he's like one of the greatest players in NBA history, but he was a huge part of that Bulls three-peat when Jordan came back and they didn't even like mention him at all. They just made fun of him in the Olympics. And it's like, dude, I, that, I don't know. It, it just yeah. kind of bothered me. Like the first few episodes, I was like, man, this is great. And, like, each episode as it kept going, I was, like, getting more and more annoyed. <laughs> I, we could 
tell by your instant reaction video in the last one. Yeah. So, Ted, I'm interested. What did you like? Because it's kind of like we watched it different. Like, honestly, like a lot of this stuff, like that Reggie, my favorite, one of my, another one of my favorite parts, that Reggie Miller, like, game, like, I love Reggie Miller. And I feel like he was one of the only, like, people that had, like, a positive, like, spin in this documentary was, like, that huge shot he had in, like, game six of the 98, like, Eastern Conference Finals. Like, I never knew that even happened. Like, I always wondered why, like, he was considered that way. So, I love that part because it was the first time I ever saw it. But for you, it's like you're kind of reliving all this. It's almost like nostalgia. Like, was there anything new you learned, or what did you like the most? Well, most of it I was aware of, but like you said, it's it's nostalgia. And as time goes by, you kind of forget those things. And I did forget about the Reggie Miller thing a little bit, you know. And seeing that all recap, that was very awesome. Also, um, a couple other takeaways I thought were really good was, uh, the whole Steve Kerr and his dad, yeah. Malcolm Kerr, that whole uh, setup. I thought they did a really good job with that. And you, it, it, whether you're a Steve Kerr fan or not, you had to be after watching that segment. You know, it gives you a whole new light of what it was like for him being a player. You know, getting one scholarship offer at Arizona, kind of a last minute thing, fighting his way back to uh, to be a really good college player, then have his dad get killed. You know, yeah. really representing this country, but then Kerr becoming a very solid contributor, obviously, for, for three of those Bulls championship teams. So that was cool. Also, you brought up about the dream team practices. How about when uh, Jordan's out making his movie and he flies out all the players to go scrimmage? How would you like to have some audio <laughs> of the trash talking going on the court during those matchups? Oh, yeah, that that actually that's hilarious. How he had all these like he had to have a gym bill like on on set so that like you said so he could play like during the movie. I thought that was awesome. Um, was there anything else like any other, like you said the the Steve Kerr? I didn't even know that stuff was like going on. I didn't know any of that stuff about him. I, my, another like I'm going back to the complaints. I didn't like the Scottie Pippen episode. Like I will say this about this documentary. Like it felt like it got better and better like as the weeks went on. And, like, I feel like 7 and 8 were, like, the best episodes of this, like, entire documentary. But, like, the Scottie Pippen episode, like, when I'm rewatching it, like, that's going to be the one I skip. The Dennis Rodman, I don't really know if we needed a whole episode on Dennis Rodman. Although, I will say he was one of the bright spots of the documentary. Yeah, you yeah. got to admire a guy that can go take a night off, uh, wrestle with Hulk Hogan, and then come back and play like he did. I mean, you got to give kudos to that guy back at that time. Yeah, I saw some people throw out, throw out some numbers. I don't know if it was, like, Darren Ravel or – it was someone like that on Twitter. And, you know, like, some people were ripping Rodman. I don't know how at, at this point. Like, that was just awesome. But some people were actually, like, saying, like, what – how irresponsible is it for you to skip practice? So, you know, trying to, like – like you've said before, Jared, people are always going to try and hate something on Twitter. And someone tweeted out that – so he ended up getting fined, like, 20 grand for skipping practice and, you know, what happened when he went to wrestle – but he got paid. It was like two hundred or two hundred fifty grand to go do it. So then people were like, <laughs> "That sounds like an awesome business move." Like, what yep. are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I love that. My, my final thoughts on this were kind of one: the way that they left the doc. I feel like that was kind of the one thing that maybe like somebody like Ted and Matt, you were kind of lived through it too. Was the fact that Jordan wanted to come back, like for another year, and, and I feel like a negative spin got put on Jerry Krause. Uh, but I felt like Phil Jackson was kind of the one that didn't want to do it again. So do you guys, like, blame Phil Jackson, or who do you blame? And do you think that they actually could have, let's say, like, they lay out Jordan's scenario where they all come back for one more year on one-year deals, do you think they actually could have won the seventh? I think without a doubt. I mean, San no Antonio. I don't know about that. Day. I'm just saying I think without yeah. a doubt. I think they could have brought the whole crew back with the right mindset. Uh, 
you say it's not uh, Krause's fault, but wasn't he the guy right before the season began said, hey, Phil Jackson go 82-0, and and he's not coming back. I mean, yeah. that, that festered all season long. If they would have made a legitimate effort, if Reinsdorf would have gotten together the guys, mainly Jordan and Jackson, and said, hey, look, I don't care what our general manager says. I want you guys back. What do you have thoughts? How can we do this? How can we do another run? Yeah, I do wonder. I mean, the, some of those guys were starting to creep up a little bit in age. You know, Rodman a little bit, obviously. I mean, he was in awesome shape, but he didn't necessarily, like, take care of himself that yeah. well. Jordan was starting to creep up a little bit in age. So I do wonder if that start would have maybe started to um, affect their play. But, like, I, I think, like, to answer your question, Jared, I, it seems like it was – like a cumulative thing. It, obviously, maybe it started with Kraus and, you know, what he said, like what Ted uh, mentioned, but Phil Jackson was probably over it. I bet there was a lot of burnout, too. Jordan yeah. was probably actually like a little burnout. Uh, Pippen wanted to get paid. You know, he was ready to go get his big contract. Who knows if he would have come back for a one-year deal. You know, he was looking for like a long-term contract. Uh, you know, who knows if like Rodman would have came back. So it would have been like pretty messy, but yeah, if they would have got everyone back, it would have been hard for them not to be the favorites anyway. Yeah, I would agree uh, with that. But uh, coming up uh, next, obviously we're going to be talking about the Phil versus Tiger golf challenge in which Tom Brady was the main takeaway, but recently released on ESPN or kind of teased was the potential of what's coming next year, which is basically a Tom Brady, like last dance style documentary. That's going to be nine parts. I'm just going to say this about that, kind of like how we were so excited about the Bad Boys part of the documentary, even though it was like 10, 15 minutes, and we saw like a lot of the basically the same thing we saw in the 30 for 30. I can't wait for the Michigan episode of that. It's going to be incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you, you know it's going to be really well done. And, you know, now, like at this point, it's been driven into our heads so much that, you know, he was drafted late in the NFL draft and all that. But it'll be another one of those, hopefully – seeing a lot of good behind the scenes stuff like his workouts working out with his receivers Mm -hmm. you always hear about those legendary workouts that he has with like edelman and all those guys and then yeah the michigan stuff will be really cool to see for sure step up and help one of our great partners stop into rivals tap house and grill the official sports bar of three point podcast i love it there everyone loves it there especially when shy town is in town playing which they will be doing soon as soon as this quarantine lets everything open up but they are open for food and beer takeout including a wide variety of craft brews and growlers they are there for us be there for them rivals tap house and grill in corona everybody likes a great deal right go online at sheridanauctionservice.com for info on upcoming auctions the auction house is packed with all kinds of great items stay up to date by checking their website at SheridanAuctionService.com and sign up for email notifications or call Troy Crow at 989-720-SELL for other details. But it could all, it's also going to be sort of like the Jordan thing where we're not going to see that last part of his career, are we? Where we're not going to, you know, things could go terrible for the Tampa Bay Bucks uh, and we'll never even have a documentary about that. But speaking of going terrible, he played absolutely terrible in the the match for charity which was on tnt yesterday from 3 to 8 p.m and ted actually uh, uh said before the show that he watched every single second of it make a note he's also in washington dc and he spent a sunday before memorial day for like about six hours in front of the tv watching a golf match what did you think did i, did I tell you i'm a little bit hungry for some live competition on tv mm-hmm. Seriously. And again, I'm more of a casual golf fan on television. I'll watch the Masters last day pretty much from start to finish, but that's about the only golf I'll watch the entirety. This, I mean, you guys will jump in with your thoughts, but I thought this was absolutely 
tremendous, especially seeing Brady hack it around for the first six and a half holes. Uh, he actually got respectability after that, mm -hmm. but I could feel his pain, you know, just hitting that ball all over the place. I mean, it, it was just, it was great TV, I thought. Yeah, that's the thing with watching golf. Uh, yes, sometimes some professionals, you know, shank a drive or something like that. But for the most part, if you watch the Masters or whatever tournament you're watching, for the most part, you're you're watching pros. These guys make you feel like, wow, I am nowhere near, you know, they, they make you very humble about your golf game. But, yeah, watching Tom Brady, who's the greatest quarterback in NFL history, kind of look like a normal golfer. It actually made you feel a little bit like, okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm somewhat on his level on the golf yeah. game. But, you know, that, that was kind of cool to see, I guess. It, I, I'm not going to lie. I wasn't really interested in this, like, at all. Like, it was one of those things that kind of snuck up at me. I was like, I guess I'll check it out at three. And, and then you start watching it, and it's kind of like the perfect mix of you have, like, Peyton Manning, who's actually, like, honestly, like, unbiasedly, like, a pretty damn funny guy. And then you have Tom Brady, who's just, as soon as he hits it, you see this shot tracer just doing, like, a sharp right, like, way to the leads. Like, it's hilarious. Then you also, But you also have Phil Mickelson giving you, like, this was probably my favorite part of the entire thing. Like, I think it was hole one or two or three, where he basically walked through, like, what his thought process was on this chip. How it's wet, so he's going to hit it right directly in this spot, and it's going gonna, it's gonna to slow it down. It's gonna go, and he hits it a foot next to the hole. Like, that stuff was cool. And then you also have Tiger Woods, who just, like, he's so meticulous. He's constantly wiping down his grips, like, every two seconds. Like, it was just the best of both worlds. And I think that's why people loved it. And then you also have, like, Justin Thomas, who, I, like, Ted, I'm not even sure. Like, he's basically, for those who don't know, like, he's basically, like, he's, like, the hot new thing in golf. Like, everyone loves him. But yeah. I used to hate him because, if you remember, like, his first kind of foray into, like, the media was when he had a guy kicked out of, uh, like, one of his golf matches because the guy yelled, get into the bunker after he hit one time. Like, but he was actually very hilarious. Like, you saw it where he said to Charles Barkley, like, I would love to see your fat ass, like, jump over a basketball. Like, it was kind of like everything was kind of laid back and it was funny. Yeah, that's part of, I know, Ted, you probably have some more thoughts because you actually watched it. I, I watched, I mean, on Twitter, you basically saw everything you needed to see, but I didn't I didn't sit down and watch the whole six hours like uh, Ted did, but that was part of the, the big takeaway was, yeah, getting to see some of that, behind the scenes or you know behind the curtain stuff with with the actual players but the little bit of trash talk was pretty entertaining because i mean you at, anyone who's golfed anyone who's played sports anyone who's played some pickup games with their buddies or some backyard football you know that stuff happens you know you talk trash you kind of jab each other a little bit so hearing those guys kind of trash trash talk each other a little bit was pretty cool and like I, I totally agree. Peyton Manning's hilarious. Like, I mean, some people say like he's a little corny or whatever. The dude's funny. Like, so it was it was pretty entertaining. Well, let me jump in on Peyton Manning real quick. I haven't been watching all the Peyton places until they started replaying them, you know, on ESPN. The, the guy is he's he's absolutely hilarious and uh, does a great job with that program. I and mean, it's just awesome. Uh, yeah. Again, back to golf for a second. I can't lie, guys. I was just infatuated watching Tom Brady hit the ball. <laughs> I could not stop watching it. It, it was bad, and of course, just like in Tom Brady fashion, he just holes out for like 200 yards out. Right. Uh, did it, watching, watching Tom Brady, Ted, did it make you feel like back in the day on Bennington Hills, you know, you and your boys out <laughs> drinking some beers and hitting some balls? Well, unfortunately, I'm an absolute terrible golfer. And what, what, what also struck a chord with me, you know, I don't know if you guys have ever golfed and just really had a bad day. Pretty much every day on the golf course for me is a bad day. You know, and I'm golfing and my partners, 
what drives me crazy is they'll they'll like take pity on me, you know, and <laughs> say, oh, or they'll give me tips, you know, on what I need to do, and then that just drives me nuts. So it was funny watching Mickelson, you know, really going in depth trying to help Tom. It was that was cool. And then on the other on the other side, Tiger Woods just was not like helping Peyton Manning really at all. No. I mean, to to an extent, though, like we're talking about how funny Peyton is. He's a really good golfer, too. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Tiger could obviously be giving him some tips on some things, but uh, Peyton's game is pretty polished up. I mean, he's, he's actually, you, you know, he, he's kind of, you know, he moves around a little gingerly now, and maybe the end of his football career wasn't the best, but you forget that this dude's a world-class athlete. Like, he, he probably could... He probably could compete. Like, I'd like to see Tony Romo in one of these because Romo's like a scratch golfer. He, he could probably win a tournament or two. If, if you could put together, like, a dream, like, for something to basically have the same sort of setup, I mean, I feel like it's almost – it's Tiger Woods, uh, and then you go Michael Jordan. Like, I feel like I would love to see Michael Jordan. And he would never do it, but I would love to see Michael Jordan in this sort of scenario. And I'm not sure who else, but if you give me those two, like, I would watch every second of that. And I'm fine with even Peyton Manning and Tom Brady again. You know, the other the other twosome that we'd have to have, John Daly and Jay Cutler. Yeah. <laughs> That's the other one. Both of those guys just on the course, smoking cigs, drinking beers. John Daly just knocking bombs 300 yards. And Jay Cutler just, you know, being Jay Cutler. That'd, that'd be fun. It, the one thing I, that it did remind me of, Matt, is like it, it, you kind of talk about how it was like Ted like playing at Bennington Hills or whatever. For me, so Tom Brady came in saying that he was an eight handicap which is pretty much he's going to shoot four over on the front, four over on the back. And he ended up being like a 20 handicap, pretty much. It reminded me of me and my buddies. Like, that's what somebody will say, but that's when they include, oh, like, they had that, they took three mulligans that round. They they did this. Like, they're, you know, two shots off the tee. They, they, they're giving a lot of gimmies. But when they're actually forced to keep, like, official score, like, you realize how bad you really are. And that's where he was at. Yeah, yeah. When you start actually using the out of bounds, yeah, and some of those other rules, yeah, yeah, your score goes up. It's kind of weird. <laughs> but all right, so that's a wrap on the match. Um, do gotta, we have any? I gotta yeah. ask before you move oh, on. Go ahead, Jared. Do you do you even know? I'm trying to remember when Bennington Hills went away. Do you yep, even know I, what Bennington Hills is? Yep, I, it's now Fortitude, right out there on 52. I used to play it all. Yeah. I love it. Has a great clubhouse, as you can see. And we're losing, you know, stuff maybe who aren't local, but still, I, it was a great clubhouse. But the thing about that course, it was just straight bombs. No, like, nothing to it, no sand traps. You basically just line up the tee and just hit it as far as you can. And that's basically how you played yep. that course. It was like when you would look at the when you would look at the card, or if you looked at like an overhead view, the line, the holes were just back and forth, back and forth, <laughs> back and forth. <laughs> yeah. yeah, another takeaway from that, uh, that might be a little more national, Brad Van Pelt used to own that golf course. He used to be called Club 10. Oh, really? Wow. That's actually... A good... And it closed down. That's typical Wasso for you, Wasso Trojans. Michiana offers the best credit card setup and equipment for both new and existing merchants. Guaranteed to save you money. No contract, no monthly minimums, or early termination fees. Contact us at 3PointPod for details. Check out the Promec Engineering Pros for any industrial field service projects, large or small. Promec Engineering specializes in turnkey installation startups and specialty plastic fabrication. For more details, go online at pro-mac.com or hit us up here at 3 Point Pop. But all right, uh, so we got a little bit of entertainment to talk about before we wrap this up. Uh, Matt, I'm under the impression that you've kind of started a new show that you're like basically in love with. Well, not necessarily in love with, but it was super interesting. And I finished it because it was only, I'm trying to remember, six or seven episodes. I think it was seven episodes. But the Waco show, um, I, it, I think it aired on the Paramount Network. 
before, but now it's on Netflix. So it's it's basically, I mean, it's a seven-part miniseries on the whole Waco situation there in Texas. And, I mean, I was, what was that, 93? I saw I was pretty young. I mean, I, I definitely remember it being big news or, you know, like hearing my parents talk about it or watch it on the news. But, you know, I was pretty young. I wasn't actually, like, paying attention. Um, so seeing, like, how the behind-the-scenes stuff, how, I mean, Ted, you did stuff. Um, seeing how the FBI handled the situation, you know, the, the whole cult thing, that that's always, like, an interesting thing to see these cults, you know, what, what's mm-hmm. going on with them. But it was super interesting. And, I mean, like I said, only seven episodes. So if you got some time, it, it's a, it's very interesting. Yeah, in my lifetime, when you think about the cults out there, you think of Waco and you think of, uh, uh, the what was it, the Reverend Jones, Jonestown there in South Africa where they all drank the Kool-Aid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just strange. Yeah, yeah, the FBI, that was one. I don't necessarily remember that one, but they meant they, the FBI was mentioning that one a lot, that they were trying to avoid a situation like a mass suicide, um, with the whole Waco thing. But well, so we ended up, my wife and I, we ended up like going to YouTube afterwards and trying to see if we could find some other like history channel documentaries or, you know, stuff like that. So we did watch a couple other things, but it's crazy how, so like, if you don't know how it ended, I mean, I'm, this isn't like a spoiler alert, but like, so it was a 51 day standoff. Like, that's just insane. A 51 day standoff with these people. And they ended up, the, the house burned down and it was actually like pretty tragic how it ended. But both sides, like they, it's still split on whether the FBI started the fire or if the cult, the, the people inside started it. And it's just like so crazy to think about like that they, they, I don't know if like someone hasn't admitted or it hasn't come out or, you know, whatever, but uh, it was just, it was crazy to see, like, how it actually, like, to me, watching it, it kind of made the FBI look a little bad in how they handled the whole situation. Now, was this a six-parter with actors? Is that what they were doing? Yeah, yeah, it was actors, um, but they were using, like, actual news footage, um, some of the, some, like, radio stuff from down there in Waco, mm-hmm. so, I mean, obviously, it's a TV series, so some of it is probably sensationalized, but... Uh, it seemed like after watching, a, like I said, a couple of the like history channel documentaries, it was it was made pretty accurately to the situation or the whole story. You got you got me thinking of like conspiracy theories now, and I hate to bring it back to the last dance, but I got to. Yeah. So the pizza the pizza story, oh, how yeah. dumb like they actually think that he was poisoned by that pizza, and I love how they say like, oh, five guys delivered this pizza. That's how we know that it was the pizza. Like, if you were actually going to poison that pizza, you're not going to deliver it with five guys. How about the fact that it's Michael Jordan? Do you think that might have been why there was five guys, like, delivering it to meet him? Like, I just think that's such bullshit. I don't I don't know if it was a hangover or if it just was, like, the common flu, but I, I sincerely doubt the food poisoning story. No, I, I take it a little different. I don't think that, I don't think they poisoned him intentionally. <laughs> Let's put it that way. <laughs> I think... It's very possible to get uh, uncooked chicken, whatever he ordered on his on his pizza. It's entirely possible that he did get food poisoning. In fact, I think it's probable. But was it intentional? I'd, I'd have a real hard time believing that. Like you said, five guys showed up because they knew it was Michael Jordan. Yeah, that, that's kind of where I stand. Like, I, I definitely don't think it was intentional. But so I don't know if you guys saw, like, on some of the radio stations yeah. the, the day or two after <laughs> apparently you know who knows if this is real or not but apparently the dude who delivered the the pizza like came out and did some radio interviews and stuff like that and said i was the one who delivered this pizza and he said he worked at a pizza hut and stuff and 
so you know like and he even said i you know i made the pizza myself because i was the best at the restaurant so you know he's saying it wasn't anything intentional or anything but so he he said when he walked in like right when he stepped into the lobby of the hotel it smelled like like a cigar bar like just you know cigars and you know when he got up to the room he said there was a bunch of people in there they were playing cards you know they're probably having a couple drinks or whatever so i feel like kind of like the whole we talked about whether the team was going to come back after 98 it was probably like a, a culmination of everything he jordan said in the documentary he ate the whole pizza i mean yeah i i used to crush a whole hot and ready like in, in college like if i was you know out or the, yeah. the morning after going out or whatever i mean that that might have been part of why he was sick. If he ate a whole pizza, smoking a bunch of cigars, drinking, so it was probably like everything altogether. At least what I think. Yeah, I tend to agree with that. Uh, I can see your point, Matt. All right, we got anything else uh, before we wrap this up? Anything entertainment wise, Ted? I know you're in DC, uh, yeah, but it seems like you've still been in front of your TV. Yeah, I'll, I'll throw out a couple quick hitters here since uh, you know we are under quarantine, not a lot of sports. So some things, mostly I'm I'm watching Netflix. I watched uh, a full series called Bloodline took place in the Keys, uh, a murder thing, you know, going on, a family involved. If you get a chance, Bloodline, that's a pretty good one to check out if you're into those kind of series that have intrigue and, you know, they leave a, a cliffhanger at the end of ep- every episode. That was pretty entertaining to watch. I also had a chance to check out the new uh, Jerry Seinfeld special. It's called 23 Hours to Kill. The whole thing I took away from it, he's still funny, especially now he's in my age group, you know talking about things that I can relate to, but the thing that blew me away more than anything, the dude put on a hairpiece or something for this. I don't know if you've seen Jerry Seinfeld lately, but his hair is not looking too good. And he had, either had extensions or had a hairpiece for this concert, so I thought that was wild. Uh, not to get political, but I will say I did watch also on Netflix, my wife and I sat down and watched the Michelle Obama thing called Becoming. Uh, even more respect for the former first lady. She uh, she is something else, and I'm a big fan of Michelle Obama. Uh, I watched another show, Jared, uh, on the recommendation of your brother, John, called Outer Banks. I, I don't know if either one of you have seen it. It takes place down there, Matt, in your territory. Uh, it was pretty decent, I guess, but I could see this would be more of a millennial type of show. <laughs> Okay, yeah, because we I keep seeing the previews for it. We've heard some people say it was good, so you're you're kind of on the fence a little bit about it. I would say for your age group or younger, I would say you'd probably enjoy. It. I enjoyed it well enough, but my wife and I would look at each other and go, "Wow, that's uh, that's not being really written to our generation." But it was still it was enjoyable. It was worth watching. I would have watched even a second season. It was only one season, so that's worth watching. And then right now. We're in the middle of a, a series called Reckoning. Uh, it's very good. It's another like mystery, trying to figure out who did the killing. So that's what I'm watching. Here's yeah. here's what I'll say about Jerry Seinfeld. One, Ted, me and you, both guys, not exactly the best hairlines. If you were rich, right. you know you'd get hair plugs, right? I, I, I mean, it's just a given. I wouldn't. I'm just saying it was weird to see. That's fair enough, but I just I can't really blame him too much for you know getting a hairpiece or getting hair plugs or whatever he did. It looks better. I'm not a huge Seinfeld guy. I don't. It's just it's like a little too clean. It's kind of like I like Jim Gaffigan, but it's just it's a little bit too old school of humor. I don't know. He's still funny. I still enjoyed it. I watched with my parents, but not quite the same. 
All right, that's it for now. Uh, remember to subscribe and rate us on all the big podcasting sites, including Apple Podcasts and SoundCloud. Uh, your comments and questions are always welcome on our social media sites. Uh, you can tell that it's Ted's writing when he calls a Twitter page like a site. So follow us there at Three Point Pod. Support our Three Point Podcast partners and tell them you listen in. That's Advanced Elevator, Sheridan Realty and Auction Company, Rivals Tap House and Grill, The Corona Connection, Car Service Michiana, and ProMac Engineering. Also be sure to check out our network, for, network friends at Sports Radio Detroit, who I'm sure are going to have some good stuff coming here down the pipe with the NFL football season coming up shortly. Uh, for Ted Patel, Matt Burns, and I'm Jared Patel. Thank you again for supporting Three Point Podcast. Again, a big shout out to our medical and essential frontliners. You all are heroes. Stay safe and bye just for now.